Hello and welcome to episode four of the Choosing Happy podcast and this week I'm exploring all things energy, starting with what energy is, to how we manage our energy daily and minute by minute, through to whether energy is contagious, is happiness contagious. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to subscribe and share and if you're really liking it, leave a review as well. Let's get started with the Choosing Happy podcast. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Choosing Happy podcast. This one's all about choosing energy. I take a deep dive in this episode to explore energy and it's a huge, huge topic and I'm going to focus on three main areas otherwise I'll be here forever. So I'm going to give a quick introduction to energy, a few definitions, a bit of an exploration of what energy covers and that's massive and number two I'm going to have a look at how we manage our own energy, how you can stay motivated, stay energised keep your energy high and even prepare your energy for certain events such as speaking events. And finally, I'm going to have a look at the contagiousness of energy. Is negative energy more contagious than positive energy? Is happiness contagious? That's all in this episode. When I decided to do an episode on energy, I thought it'd be really simple. I thought there wouldn't be a lot to cover. I'd cover the physicalness of our everyday energy. I'd cover a little bit of woo-woo energy and it would be really simple and straightforward. And then I remembered all of the books I've read about energy, all of the things I've been taught around energy, Qigong, yoga, breathing, NLP, meditation, all of these things involve managing energy. And then to begin to look at consciousness, our frequency, because the frequency we are talking about when we're talking about raising our frequency is all energy. The law of attraction is around energy. So I thought I'd begin right at the beginning and look up a definition of energy. And I'm looking up the definition of conservation of energy. Energy is a property that is not created or destroyed, although energy can change in detectable form. This is a rule that is commonly understood as the conservation law of energy. In respect to this rule, the total amount of energy that exists in an isolated system will always be the same, no matter what changes have been made to it. In the early 20th century, scientists found that matter itself can be created from energy. Energy and matter are interchangeable in spite of everyday experiences. This is just another change of form. After these discoveries, the conservation law of energy was extended to become the conservation law of matter and energy. Matter and energy can neither be created from nothing 
nor destroyed to the point of complete erasure from reality. Albert Einstein was the first to mathematically show this in his equation E equals mc squared. So matter can be created from energy or converted into energy through processes such as nuclear fission or nuclear fusion. The types of energy we're commonly aware of are kinetic energy, potential energy, chemical energy, thermal stroke sonic energy. So for instance, when a human throws a stone using energy stored in his muscle, that's the chemical energy, and the stone moves upwards, it's kinetic energy. The stone at its highest point is potential energy. The stone falls to the ground, that's kinetic energy, and the stone hits the ground, thermal energy, sonic energy. So scientists have identified many types of energy and found they can be changed from one kind to another. And in addition to that, once we explore a little bit further into the metaphysical or into the quantum, we begin to see energy as waves and vibrations. And if you look at how energy healing works and the law of attraction, we're talking about vibrations there. When we think of consciousness and energy and energy fields around our bodies, we tend to relate that to spiritual woo-woo. And in his book, Mind to Matter, Dawson Church provides scientific evidence of the magnetic fields around the body, but not just around the body, but the magnetic fields around cells. And these magnetic fields are energy. And this energy can be impacted from the external as well as internally through our thoughts. Our consciousness, our energetic fields, the field of the universe are all interrelated and interacting on a regular basis. We're just often unaware of it. It's something we're not taught in schools. We aren't taught as I said last week, we're not taught how to manage money and we're certainly not taught how to manage our energy, our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts. Because if we were, most of us would have much more successful lives and be creating the type of lives that we wanted. Because the power to choose an empowered life is greater when we are in control of our energy field our thoughts and our outcomes. So as an extension of looking how energy changes from one form to another, and as we saw earlier in the definition that energy can change to matter, we can extend that into theories such as the law of attraction, quantum physics, what you think about that a thought gives out an energy and attracts the matter related to that thought so that thoughts become things and we can see that work out in things like inventions so someone had to think of the mobile phone in order to create it in reality now we also know that there is a reverse to that that it doesn't always work so if i wanted to be a 
junior ice skater. That's just not possible, no matter how much I think about it, because physically I'm a lot older and I can't skate. So there are some things we can create through our thoughts and feelings and our alignment. And there are other things that may be impossible. Now, I'm saying maybe because I do personally believe that we really haven't explored the extent of our ability to create as human beings. You can find a lot more information and the science behind Mind to Matter in Dawson Church's book of the same name. You can find out more about consciousness and how each emotion has its own energetic vibration and level and we have a emotional set point for our own level of consciousness on the consciousness scale and you can find details of that in David Hawkins book Power v Force. Further scientific research has been carried out around energy and consciousness and mind to matter with Bruce Lipton and with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I really mention this at the moment because I believe that we are experiencing a shift in the global energetic field. So the global vibration, I think we're all experiencing a shift in our level of consciousness. And it's worth understanding what that means. Now, I don't want to spend this episode really discussing that. So what I've decided to do is have a discussion around consciousness and what that means and what expanding and raising our consciousness might mean in next week. So energy can become things and a thing can become energy so matter can turn into energy energy can turn into matter and as i briefly explored your thoughts can become things your feelings can become things and those two combined if you have a thought and a feeling that resonate at the same level of that thought you're more than likely to be able to manifest whatever that is for you and it's usually about the experience you're manifesting not necessarily the uh, physical thing so for instance if you think fifty thousand pounds is going to bring you security and safety and you focus on security and safety um, as the, the core vibration then the money may not be the the manifesting of that experience there may be something else that manifests that experience for you. So how can we manage our own energy? We're all energetic beings. Our energy really can shift our mood and our mood can shift our energy. Our states can shift our energy. Um, often it's thought that it's one way round so that your thoughts dictate how you feel, dictate how you behave, dictate how you show up. Yet if you are feeling low or you're having negative thoughts, changing your physiology, moving your body can change the way that you feel and therefore change the thoughts that you're having. So it's kind of a two-way system. 
And that's not always recognized. Yet it's something that Tony Robbins teaches and is taught in neuro-linguistic programming as a key way of managing your state and managing your energy, especially when you are wanting to maybe prepare for a speech or you're ready to go on stage or you're ready to perform in some way. You can change your energy to match the occasion. So you can do that throughout your day. You can choose when you get up in the morning how you're going to feel in two ways. One by the thoughts you have and the other by what you do first thing. Do you move? Do you have a shower? Do you put on groovy music and dance around your kitchen? Doing that will give you a very different result than lying in bed, not wanting to get out of bed, thinking it's a grey day and oh what a rubbish day it's going to be. So you get a choice first thing every day about how you start your day, how your energy is going to be. And the first thing is to decide it's going to be a good day, because if you decide it's going to be a bad day, you're kind of right. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So choosing how you start your day is really, really important. And I think that's why there's so much emphasis on morning routines. Because if you can get into the habit of starting your day in a really positive way, then it becomes easier to go through the day with those thoughts, those actions, those emotions and that energy on board. And energy is infectious. So if you're in business for yourself, if you're an entrepreneur, your energy is so important especially if you're showing up on videos or you're turning up at meetings or you're making presentations. The energy and intention behind your communication is invaluable. One of the great examples of this is when you really want to win a deal, when you're kind of desperate to get something. Maybe you're running short of cash in your business and you're really desperate to close a deal. And that's what you're coming to the party with, that energy of desperation of I must close this or else. So your focus isn't on the benefits that you're giving to your customer. Your focus isn't on the great relationship that you can create together. Your focus isn't on the massive service that you can deliver in this case. Your focus is on I've got to close this deal, otherwise I lose my house. And that energy whether we want to or not, is communicated at an unconscious level between each of the parties. And also vice versa, if you're in a meeting and you're in negotiations, if you're silent and aware enough, you'll be able to pick up on the energy of the other person and understand where they are in the negotiations, whether they're desperate to close the deal or whether they're willing to walk away. So it's really important to learn about energy, especially the energy be behind attention, behind language, behind communication when you're running a business. And that includes the energy behind your ads, behind your marketing, behind your brand. If you want to be authentic and aligned and generate clients who you love and they love you, then that intention and energy has to come through in everything. 
So how do you manage your energy for yourself? As I've said, there's the morning routine. The other way to manage your energy is to, to physically change your energy. Uh, I mentioned Tony Robbins earlier. You can check out his 10-minute priming, which he uses to get energized before going on stage or before going into meetings. And most of it is around holding that intention while raising your energy either through breathing or through movement, or through both, or through meditation. His priming is a combination of those things. And you can choose what works for you before you attend a meeting, what works for you before you meet your girlfriend for the first time, what works for you to get into state before you start your day. Use whatever techniques work for you. Um, if you are aware of neurolinguistic programming, there are a whole host of techniques such as anchoring, such as changing state, just simple techniques that are going to help you to perform at your best when you need to, to change your energy, to raise your game, to change your body, to change your mindset, because they're all interconnected. And as I said, there's so much more be beyond that in terms of the spiritual levels, in terms of archetypes, in terms of symbolism. And we can go into that much more next week in my interview with Mayella Maxwell. There are a couple of other ways to manage our own energy. And these are really obvious. It's the being hydrated, drinking water, drinking enough water and recognizing how much water we use just through sitting and thinking and concentrating. Never mind doing anything energetic or physical. So keep hydrated. That keeps your energy up, keeps you feeling good. Reduce the amount of sugar you eat. Reduce the toxins in your diet. Eat a more healthy diet. Get the right amount of nutrients and vitamins in your diet. And that will keep your energy high as well. And the other obvious one, sleep. Get enough sleep, get enough deep sleep, undisturbed sleep if you can. Just those three things alone, you know, it's basic body maintenance, energy maintenance, and it's going to really help you in the way you perform in your everyday life. Now, in the final part, I wanted to look at the contagious nature of energy. And this is about being able to pick up on other people's energy at an unconscious level and being affected by other people's energy and even the energy of buildings and places where energetic residue has been left behind. Have you ever walked into a room and you know there's been an argument even though the people in the room are smiling at you and you feel kind of uncomfortable you feel that maybe you don't want to be there because you can pick up on the energy of the anger that's kind of dissipating into the atmosphere. So energy sticks around. It travels in the air. The air is energetic. Everything is energetic. It's all resonance and frequency. And in Dawson Church's book, Mind to Matter, he goes on to discuss experiments that looked at the contagiousness of energy. So there's been some comprehensive 
tests around the contagiousness of energy. And one of them on page 101 of Mind to Matter is the ripple effect of happiness. And obviously, because this podcast is called Choosing Happy, this one is of particular interest to me. So there was a study in Framlington in 1948, and they recruited 5,209 Framlington residents between the ages of 30 and 62 and performed a comprehensive battery of psychological and physical tests. Subjects returned every two years for follow-up, and in 1971, the study enrolled a second generation consisting of 5,124 of the original participants' children and the children's spouses, and today many of the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the original participants still participate. Now, the gold mine of data obtained by that study has enabled researchers to look at much more than heart disease, which is what the original study was about. A sub-study of 4,739 people over 20 years looked at their happiness levels and how these levels affected those around them. And this is accredited to Fowler and Christaskis, 2008. This study found that one person's happiness can boost that of another for time periods as long as a year. I found that really fascinating. So when a person in the Framlington social network became happy, the chances that a neighbour, spouse, sibling or friend would become happy increased up to 34%. Living within a mile of a friend who became happy increased a participant's chance of happiness by 25%. You would think that your emotional state would depend on your own choices and actions and experience, observed the study co-author Nikolaus Christaskis, a medical sociologist at Harvard University. But it also depends on the choices and actions and experiences of other people, including people to whom you are not directly connected. Happiness is contagious. Barbara Fredrickson, the author of Love 2.0, calls this positivity resonance. When the frequency of our consciousness is love, we naturally connect with others who resonate with that shared energy field. So the ripple effect of happiness, he goes on, this again is still in mind to matter. Not only did happy people affect those around them, but happiness also showed a ripple effect. Three degrees of separation out, people became happier. Having a friend known someone who was happy increased chances of happiness by as much as 15%. And even in the next layer out, the likelihood was still 6%. Negative emotions were also contagious, but not as much. Having an unhappy connection increased the chances of unhappiness by an average of 7% as opposed to 9% for happiness. Emotional contagion is present in groups too, Barside 2002. It can influence group dynamics and lead to improved cooperation, enhanced task performance and decreased conflict. Emotional contagion through its direct influence on employees and work teams, emotions, judgments and behaviours can lead to subtle but important ripple effects in groups and organisations, says Seigel Barsaid, author of several influential studies of emotional contagion. Positive emotion and mood in a team member, especially the leader, enhances the performance of the whole team, but stressed leaders will degrade the performance of everyone 
around them. So I really wanted to pick up on that because it's massively business and it's so important to recognize where your happiness comes from. Now we've always heard that your success depends on the five people around you. So I really wanted to share that because I think that's quite amazing. It's a wonderful piece of information on happiness. And, you know, it kind of uh, gives you the ball in a way. If you're happy, you can know that you're impacting those people around you as well with your happiness and your vibrations. Your happiness is contagious. Negative feelings can be contagious. We've also seen how energy can influence groups and it can influence the people around you. And what's really important about this for me right now is the way we are influenced by social media, the way we're being influenced by media and by governments around the world regarding the current situation of the planet. There's a lot of fear and we've seen the whole world bathed in fear over the last 18 months. It's become contagious. And I hope for everyone that they can step back and choose to be happy, to focus on happiness, to choose how to show up with their own energy so that we move away from this fearful and desperate feeling that's around the world. One of the important points about energy is the ability to share energy with someone. Communication and connection is about sharing our energy, sharing our thoughts, sharing our emotions and our feelings and trusting each other. And I also feel that that's been degraded over the last 18 months where we've seen people set against each other, families separated, individuals put in isolation through no fault of their own. And this separation causes anxiety, it causes struggle, it causes mental challenges for those involved. One of the real powerful parts of choosing happy is the ability to live in isolation but be connected to all that is. And that's a level of education and growth that takes time. And I don't think we've had the time. There are many people out there who are suffering and are not able to cope with the isolation, with the disconnect, with the me against them, with the hatred and the cancel culture. And it's such a shame. And that's one of the reasons I've chosen to launch this podcast. I want us to become those contagious, happy people. I want us to spread the virus of happiness, of humanity, of love, of compassion, of connection. That's my hope for the Choosing Happy podcast.
So if you're finding this episode interesting and of value, please do share it and please subscribe to the podcast. Everything helps me create this podcast. And your challenge for the week, if you so wish to take it, there's three parts to this challenge. One is to choose something in the morning. So add something to your morning routine that is going to impact your energy in a positive way. That's going to give you that high energy, that vibration, that good start to the day. Um, One of the things I do, I do a seven minute workout and then I walk my dogs and then I have a cold shower. So all of that really changes my energy in the way I start the day. I also play music. I also play tracks, which I've mentioned before, um, in order to make sure my energy is positive and I'm starting my day on the best footing. And for part two of the challenge, what I'd like you to do is to research a little bit on energy. And I'm talking about researching the people around you. Who are the happy people in your life? Who do you feel good around? And what impact do you have on those friends around you? So do a little bit of an audit, a little bit of research into whether the people around you and closest to you are supporting you in happiness or are they supporting your negativity? And the final part of the challenge is to have a try of Tony Robbins' Prime. I've included a link to his YouTube video in the show notes. So have a go at that and and see if that makes a difference to you, maybe first thing in the morning, midway through the day or before an important call or an important video. I hope you've enjoyed this quick exploration of energy. As I said, there's actually so much more to it. Energy is affected by everything from how we breathe, the fresh air outside, the freedom that we have, the people we hang around with, the pets we hang around with, the buildings we frequent. It's affected by everything and becoming aware of your energy and how you interact on a daily basis in different environments can mean life-changing effects for you and business-changing effects depending on where you work, who you work with and how you show up in your business. So it's really a very, very important subject, so important that next week I am hosting an interview with Mayella Maxwell, who is an energy healer and has studied energy for many, many years. And we're going to have an open discussion, a bit more around the consciousness area of energy and how energy and vibration affect us in terms of our health as well so i'm really looking forward to that and i hope you're going to join me then thank you so much for listening to this episode please do subscribe please share if you think this is of value to someone and please leave a review if you've enjoyed it it really does help my channel and helps me keep recording thank you again have an amazing week and remember keep your energy high